Victim impact statements have been heard this week in the sentencing hearing for a Winnipeg man who has pleaded guilty to impaired driving causing death when 24-year-old Jordan Reimer died in May of 2022. And this has a lot of people asking the question, why is this still happening? Why are people still dying as a result of drunk driving? We also had much to discuss today on the weather because it has been a wacky week including some terminology we've never even heard of. 15 years of third and bird. The Christmas market is coming up next week at Red River Exhibition Place. This is a market that has helped hundreds of local businesses get off the ground. And we asked you, what's the most boring gift you've ever received? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Wednesday, November 8th podcast for The Start. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, and if you are like me, when you woke up this morning, you might have thought, did I sleep until April? Because... (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. When I went to bed yesterday, it was white outside. Yesterday afternoon, big fluffy snowflakes. All the cars in my parking lot looked like cream puffs. I look out the window this morning. The snow was all gone. So. It was it was wild. Did you not think I, I'm I'm sitting outside the kids' school like around three three fifteen, Greg, and I hear Jeff Braun give a brief newscast about how you know might see some rain that will turn to snow, and then it'll, later that night it'll be more. Snow. And I was like, what is he talking about? And then seconds later, those huge flakes come down to the point where when we were driving back home, we're going fifty to sixty kilometers per hour because it just packed the highway and it was it was so slick, and then. I don't know, 20 minutes later, I had to head out again. Now it's, I, I don't even know what it was. It was ice rain or freezing drizzle or snow grain or I don't even, what, whatever. <laughs> it's falling. Then it gets more icy. Then I come out of the store I was in. It's raining. Things are melting. It snowed again. And I was like, Brett. So I called it. Like, I'm working from home this morning. Not because I thought the highways would be brutal. I was just like, I'm not even going to guess what comes next. Like, is it cats and dogs? Like, I'm just going to bed and I'm calling it, you know? Rip Van Van Winkle over here sends us a picture (laughs) from his balcony. It's uh, got like, you know, it looks like a November blizzard that we're used to. I'm out in the backyard trying to do a bunch of stuff. I need to add some water to my to my hot tub. And so I've been trying to thaw out my hose for about five days oh now. Boy. Finally, <laughs> finally, it's flowing. So I'm out there in what can only be described as a mess, as a as a cauldron of all the things you described. And then the, these ice pellets start falling on my head. And I just Really? What? (laughs) Bobby Vinton never said (laughs) saying it so well, and so here we are. And the next couple days seem to be a weather roller coaster. So um, feels exciting. I may have to, after all of this, I may have to, and may have the opportunity to finish raking the leaves in my front yard. Oh boy! And I'm none too happy about it. (laughs) I thought I'd gotten away with it, Brett. (laughs) Just leave them. We'll have more on the weather with Global's Drew Stremick. He's going to join us in our next segment for a bit of an extended peek at what is to come. Also, we will have for you later this hour, the sounds of the game. Greg, you're in a in a un, in an unpredictably good mood when you got in today. I wonder why. Well, I stayed up to watch the Jets game last night. It was worth every moment of lost sleep. 
Jets looked really good last night. They had a little bit of a slow start. St. Louis Blues could have scored two or three goals early. What's the saying? You have to be good to be lucky, lucky to be good. The Jets were very lucky a couple of different times last night, uh, including uh, Dylan DeMello and and uh, Vladislav uh, Mestikov <laughs> filling in for Connor Hellebuck at two different points in the game, making spectacular saves when Hellebuck was out of position. So uh, the Jet coming home with uh, four of possible six points on this three-game road trip. And Leah Hextall will join us later on this morning. I'm not sure she's going to get as wound up as she was three weeks ago when she last joined us in the wake of Pierre-Luc Dubois' first visit to Winnipeg as a Los Angeles king. Uh, but I'm sure she'll have lots of things to say as it pertains to the Jets and, and their prospects to sort of keep it up, so to speak. All right. And, uh, oh, and by the way, on the weather front as well, at 8.05, we're going to speak with Scott Kaler of WeatherLogics. Uh, just, you know, we... With Lorraine, you mentioned snow grain. That was a term that none of us had ever heard from Environment Canada as a current condition. So that's at 8.05. Greg, what did you find yesterday? I'm on uh, Facebook, and uh, one of my friends, I won't use his name, I'll just use his initials. GG are his initials, and he posts this screenshot of this text message interaction he had with his eldest daughter. So he wanted to know what she wanted for Christmas. And she says, uh, I want this, uh, this Bissell steam cleaner mop. It's on sale on uh, their website. Gigi says, you want a vacuum cleaner? Seriously? Well, it's actually, it's a wet and dry mop vacuum. This one mops up and (laughs) sucks up nasty stuff. (laughs) Really? A mop? You want a mop. That's a super boring gift to give. Gigi goes on to say, what did you get your oldest daughter for Christmas? Oh, I got her a mop to tell her she's a slob and I'm cheap as, <laughs> as all can be. Great. And go, Gigi says, I'm posting this on Facebook. And his daughter says, uh, you should. I'm adulting. And adulting means asking for stuff from your parents that that makes us more adult-like. That's a great (laughs) gift. (laughs) Of course you would like that, Forte. Straight up, when I was like, I don't know, maybe I was like nine, ten years old, for Christmas I wanted a vacuum. My parents actually got me a vacuum. When you were ten? Yeah, we still have it. It's at the lake. (laughs) This just all adds up right here is what that is. That just adds up. Before we went on air, it was G-Mac. I was talking, we were just talking about this story. I said, how old is she? And they're like, oh, late teens. I said, okay, well, if she was like 14, that would be really weird. Sounds (laughs) 10. 10 is even worse. I'm a weird guy. No, but uh, a few years ago, I ended up getting my dad one of the handheld Dyson vacuums, and he actually teared up. He teared up (laughs) Those are expensive, dude. Uh, Yes. Those are actually great. They're great, yes. but they're expensive. <laughs> I mean, they're a lot of money. 204-780-6868. The boring gifts you have asked for or received, the boring gifts you have purchased, or just boring items you got excited for. Like I, when I got my house, I, I, my parents gave us some money to, to buy stuff we needed for the house. So I, I needed a snow shovel, and I found this this new shovel kind of shovel where it was like both a pusher and a scoop with this like ergonomic back-friendly handle that you could then use it to throw the snow. <laughs> ergonomic handle? So I got so excited about this snow shovel, and uh, then I that's I sort of thought to myself, well, I'm officially old. I'm excited about a snow shovel. 204-780-6868. Turns out it wasn't a great shovel after all. It did nothing well. 
<laughs> it was designed to do everything, and well, it did nothing. That's part of the problem, right? That's why you need specialty tools. Yeah. So tell us about your boring gifts, and let's go around the horn, starting with Sarah McCarthy. I'm going to go with my crock pot. When I got that, when I moved out here, um, it's amazing. You just throw everything in at once, and your dinner's done. And I think people hate on the crock pot. I think people hate on the Crock-Pot. I like the crock I love it, too. Do you think the Instapot has taken over the Crock-Pot's no, territory? No, I don't have an Instapot. I, don't, I wouldn't know how to use that versus Crock-Pot. Like, three levels, done. Your dinner's done. Who so, hates on so Crock-Pots? I don't know. I think it's online. I think people don't season okay. stuff. or, But, yeah. I think it's love also the because the Crock-Pot is, you know, like your parents' Yeah, you like grew up And now on... people are like, the air fryer, yes. the Instant Pot. See, you I don't know, have like any of those. All the pots. I have them all, Sarah, and that's pretty much they all do the same thing. Okay, air fryer is pretty know. good. Okay. It is pretty good. It is good, yeah. Maybe I'll yeah. ask for that's, that. <laughs> I, I don't use too many kitchen gadgets, um, but uh, the Instant Pot I do use because it's a pressure cooker and a Crock-Pot mm. in one, yeah. so mm. I really like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but mine would, would have to be, actually, it's, it was my Chorus five-year gift was uh, I decided to get a rice cooker, and I'll tell you that I bust that thing out twice, twice, uh, uh, twice a week, and I love that rice cooker. I absolutely love it. I'm constantly. Do you layer it? it? Like, do you put the? I have the ones that I can do rice. Then you put the vegetables in the other layer I, I and can, something else on yeah, top. Yeah, I can, but I just I just do rice in it. I don't do anything fancy with it. I just do. I eat a lot of rice. I have to eat. I bought like a bag of and. Here Ren's been making fun of me. I bought oh, a bag yeah. of rutabagas and beets for real cheap at Superstore, and I've been. How force big, feeding how myself? How large? Are ten, these pound, bags? ten pound, ten bags. pound bags. <laughs> so I have, I've had like I've had like thirty Every meal this week. He comes in. He's like, oh, "Those are gonna okay. last you till I gotta 20, eat some more rutabagas. Like, who buys that? <laughs> I've had thirty five beets over the last two days. I'm not joking. It's true. He it was walking causing, out the kitchen yesterday. It, it is panic in the bathroom. It first is, time. It is. <laughs> it is running through me. I'll just say that. I'll leave it at that. Red storm. <laughs> Oh jeez! <laughs> can't, you can't eat that many beets. Like I'm, I, I gotta stop. Like I had to. I was making my lunch. I can't eat any more beets. They go back out of his now. fingertips. He's like in war times. Cam's preparing to like settle down in the cellar and just eat rutabagas and beets for the next six months. Like that's anyway. Um. So I'm the person. I'm much like the. I kind of what you sent that video around, Greg. I'm the person that years ago when I got married, I said, "Don't ever buy me an appliance for birthday or Christmas." Right? Like that's for the house. Not for me, like that. I want something to be surprised or something special or romantic or just, you know, something that's neat or different. I don't want an appliance. And now I'm all about, I, I feel bad for my husband because he thinks I'm lying. He doesn't want to get me what I asked for because he's like, you absolutely, like for years, we're like, do not, do not, do not. And now I'm like, you know what we could really use is a sweet frying pan set. Like that's on my list right now. A new frying pan set, like the kind that has the little spe speckled stuff on it that they use, the Nigella has. I don't even know the name. And I want it. And that's the, that's the old school thing that you can keep around for 20 years. Good frying years pans. With a good frying pan. Good frying pans make such a big difference. Oh, God. Yes. Mm -hmm. Huge. I'm sure all I eat right now is Teflon, which I know is not good for you. So <laughs> that's how gross mine are. Just don't buy each other uh, knives. You're not supposed to buy knives as a gift, right? It what? severs the friendship or some something like that. <laughs> what? I've oh, heard that. What? I've heard that. And Sarah, if you get an air fryer for Christmas this yes. year, you'll know that I'm your secret Santa. Okay. All right. Good to know. All right.
did you just make a promise? I did. That's a pricey I made, secret I made a Santa. Yeah. Did you need like $120 <laughs> secret Santa? okay. I got like three in the basement, I'm sure. Oh I don't God. know for sure that I have three, but I'm pretty sure I probably have three in the basement in a box. Not used yet. And your boring gift, Mackling? Oh, you know, Craftsman, like 198-piece socket set. My dad got me this for Christmas when I was about yeah. 18, 19. I just got my car so it was in the trunk of my car forever. I used that thing. I hauled it all over Western Canada and I didn't replace it until probably about eight years ago. So it was one of those gifts where when I opened it, I was like, oh, geez, thanks a lot, Ross. And then it was like, oh, am I ever glad that I have this? Because it was a top-notch Ratchet set, all the different ratchets and wrenches yep. and bits and all these different things. And yeah, so it it actually, I still probably still have bits and pieces of it in my garage somewhere as a random set. My, but, my Uncle Sam got me a big socket set. I love that thing. Right? Yeah. It's a good Absolutely. gift, actually. Yeah, totally. Didn't seem like it at the time. 204-780-6864, a chance to win tickets for Saturday's Western Final with the Blue Bombers taking on the BC Lions. Tell us about your boring gifts or just the boring items that you got that you were really excited about and maybe surprised you at how excited you were excited for, like, say, a new vacuum, for example. And uh, we'll pick a winner at 9.15. Right now, we want to discuss how a sentencing hearing for a Winnipeg man who has pleaded guilty to impaired driving causing death and failing to remain at the scene of a May 2022 crash will continue on Friday. So as we know, uh, that crash took place in May, as you mentioned, Brett, and it took the life of Jordan Reimer. And yesterday, in that first day of sentencing hearing, over 100 people submitted victim impact statements and 30 of them wanted those victim impact statements to be read in court. They wanted to express the pain that they were feeling, their outrage. Uh, I think many people got up there and talked about they still can't find the ability to forgive, which I think is many for many of us, we'd say is understandable. One of Jordan's sisters got up there and talked about how living a life without her is the nightmare no one wants to live and she wouldn't want to live it. And so we're going to hear more a bit about what happened in court yesterday in a moment. But first, both of Jordan's parents spoke to Richard Kluche, uh earlier this fall. And here's a bit about what they had to say. I was asleep in bed. 2.20 a.m., May 1st, 2022. Our, our oldest daughter, Alex, called me and just said that there had been an accident. Bond and Kildare and that I should come there. And that's all she told me. She didn't know how bad or everything. She just said, just come there. How far away were you? I'm on Holka, which is two blocks, two blocks away. Karen was at the lake. And I just said, where, where, which hospital will I meet you at? And he just kept saying, come to my house. Uh, we're not meeting at the hospital, which I couldn't at that time understand. I just kept thinking the whole way home. This is wrong. It's it. This is a nightmare. It's not real. And and she's gonna be okay. She's got to be okay. And I just kept thinking they're wrong. It's not Jordan. It can't be Jordan. After initial denials, including leaving the scene of the high-speed crash, a guilty plea. 
29-year-old Tyler Scott Goodman pleaded guilty to impaired driving causing death and failing to remain at the scene. Goodman driving a pickup truck at 108 kilometers an hour in a 50 zone, slamming into Reimer's Jeep at Kildare Avenue West and Bond Street. Her injuries, catastrophic. She wanted to have kids. She talked about how she wanted to have four kids, just like her and her sisters. And she wanted them to be in hockey and she just wanted them to come and enjoy the cottage and just she wanted them to have the life that she loved and she and it's heart-wrenching. Goodman and a group were drinking all night and had purchased more beer at a nearby Transcona hotel. Court heard a woman took away his keys only to have another friend give them back. Goodman's mother also pleaded guilty to obstruction of justice for lying for her son to police. Throughout this process people had the opportunity to stand up and be heard. Yep and make and make change and they chose not to the pain and outrage and frustration they are feeling uh, we can't imagine global's marnie blunt was in court yesterday to hear more on what family had to say about their loss and goodman's actions he fled the scene on foot before contacting his mother Lori goodman who came to pick him up she has also pleaded guilty to obstruction of justice. The Crown stating the duo didn't go to police until the next day and lied to officers. Donning purple shirts that read Justice for Jordan, her family read the first of more than 100 victim impact statements submitted to court. Her mother Karen remembered Jordan as a selfless and sensitive girl who loved hockey and dogs. Her sister Alexandra Reimer recalled arriving on scene the night of the crash saying, quote, I felt my soul leave my body standing on the road. I knew that with what I saw at the scene, that I would never see Jordan again. Her other sister, Andrea, said, quote, How could you be so heartless to leave the woman you killed to die with no chance for her to get help? Tyler Scott Goodman gave a guaranteed death sentence to Jordan, also adding that she will never forgive them. Marnie Blunt, Global News. Goodman admitted to court he had consumed at least nine beers that night when he chose to get behind the wheel. Both Jordan's sisters and her mom said that the thought of their Jordan lying alone after the crash and calling out for help is something which haunts them. The Crown is seeking a six-year sentence for the impaired driving causing death charge and a consecutive one-year sentence for failing to remain at the scene. I'm going to leave comments for the actions of this young man and his mother to the court. It's up to them to decide how they should be punished. I can certainly relate to how Jordan's family feels. And as I'm sitting here reflecting on the story, you think about that night in question that Jordan was the designated driver for her group of friends. They made all the right decisions. And this young man did not. And it makes me wonder what conversations are taking place out there with those who want to have a drink, what kind of designated driver plans get made. You'd like to think that we evolve as a society and the things that stupid things that were done 50 years ago that, or that our, my generation did 20 years ago and so on, Greg, you know, that we've evolved. And then you continue to hear stories like this and you think, no, that's why we need to keep telling people the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. As my uh, boys begin to drive on their own, this is, um, these are the things that keep parents awake at night. Not this happening, just the very idea of something like this happening to, um, to our children and the fact that this is something that still remains prominent is uh, it's, it's heartbreaking. And uh, my heartfelt condolences uh, goes out to uh, 
go out to uh, Jordan's family and, and those who loved her. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, our next Country Fest code word coming up in just over two minutes' time. But we are asking you at 204-780-6868 about the boring gifts you have received, the boring gifts you have purchased, or just the boring things that you got excited about. Like when I got, we were talking about vacuums earlier, and I bought, when I got the house, I got my house, uh, I bought a Dyson vacuum. Was very excited about it. It was like $800 because it was the pet hair one. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, you know, we had two cats and a dog and allergies. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I had to get a good vacuum. And they're like, well, this vacuum is the special pet hair one. It has horse hair <laughs> in the beer bar, which somehow like untangles the cat hair from the carpet and like sold. I'm in. And it was purple. I'm like, yeah, everything, I love everything about this vacuum. Oh, that's the best. Do you still have it? My sister does. Okay. Yeah, I well, drink. Because she had the, the stand-up Dyson. Mm. Uh, but she, so I, we just traded because she took one of my, or she took my cats in. Oh, right. So that I mean, was... Very nice. I uh, my my parents are always upset with me because they say, "What do you want? What can we get you?" And I'm always like, "Nothing. Don't get me anything. Buy me nothing." And this has been the fight for years, right? And then this just about I don't know six or seven weeks ago, Brett, my parents maybe it was a little bit longer this summer. They're here, and my mom phones, and she's like, "I don't want to hear it from you. Your dad is obsessed with this new Dyson vacuum, and he's getting you one, and you're gonna like it. You know, like do not complain about this gift." And I honestly, once a week, send him a video. Just in awe of like <laughs> what that thing. I'm like, Dad, check this out. Like, I just vacuumed yesterday. Look at all this hair. Have I been sitting in all this hair for like two yes. and a half years yes, now? Yes, you have. Like, we had a vacuum before, but not like this one. Like, yep. everyone in my family is so sick of me because I'm like, guys, everybody, come on over and check out what the Dyson did today. Like, I'm, I'm thrilled with it. There's nothing like emptying that canister of the Dyson to realize like, the filth you've been. And it makes that gunshot you've been, sound. You've it's been, like, yeah, but you realize <laughs> this has been in my house for the last oh, four gosh. days, oh. just floating around the whiskey <laughs> tumbleweeds and everything that goes along with the dogs and the cat and the kids. Oh, oh. <laughs> Whose idea were these to bring these people and these beings into our lives? Anyway? I'm in awe. I'm in awe of them. I'm like, look what you can do. This is impressive. You know, I'm going to inspire you guys a Dyson video this morning, just so you can enjoy that yourself. Good. Okay? I look okay. forward to it. Okay. So tell us about your boring gifts for a chance to win. <laughs> Bomber tickets for Saturday's Western Final. We'll pick a winner at 9.15. In the meantime, it's time for our next Country Fest code word of the day. An opportunity to win a pair of three-day general admission weekend passes for Dauphin's Country Fest, June 28th to the 30th. So you take the code word, you go to cjob.com to the contest page, punch in the code word, and your name is entered. We will announce the winner on Tuesday. Tuesday, November 14th, and today's code word is weekend. Again, the code word for Country Fest is weekend. Take that to cjob.com. The sentencing hearing for a Winnipeg man which is going to, uh, who has pleaded guilty to impaired driving causing death and failing to remain at the scene of a May 2022 crash. That sentencing hearing will continue on Friday. 
And we got some feedback from a listener we want to share with you about what took place, what we heard in court this week. Because uh, as we learned, the crash took the life of 24-year-old Jordan Reimer back in May of 2022. Yesterday, and again this Friday, family and friends pack a courtroom to read their victim impact statements. There were 120 submissions to court. 30 people wanted to read their statements out loud. It was important for them to express what they're going through. And as we learned over the past uh, year and a half, Jordan was acting as a designated driver for her sister and friends that night when her car was hit by a vehicle driven by Tyler Goodman. He admitted to court he had consumed at least nine beers that night when he chose to get behind the wheel. At the time of the collision with Jordan's vehicle, again, she's sober, he was traveling 108 kilometers per hour in a 50. He fled the scene, called his mom, went home according to what was read into court, and then they reported to the police station the next day, Greg. Yeah, it's difficult, to, as you mentioned, Loren, just to put into words how angering it is to know that these sorts of avoidable tragedies continue to take place. We received this email from a loyal listener. It says, uh, I work for a provincial government agency and anyone charged or suspended for an impaired driving offense must come to our program to undergo a mandatory drug and alcohol assessment. This is mandated by MPI. Our listener says, we are always busy. We are often booking two or sometimes three months down the road with an average of 10 people per day calling to book an appointment. And that's just the Winnipeg office. Unfortunately, says our listener, this continues to be a serious public safety issue. And I know, you know, it's like saying all these obvious statements, like surely we can eradicate this. We know what happens when you get behind the wheel. And we all learn that when we are in school and then the next generation learns it and so on. I went looking because I was curious after you shared this note, Greg, about just the prevalence of impaired driving in Canada. I know with the addition of cannabis consumption, there's been additional concerns that we're seeing maybe more drug driving as well. In theory, and I just use the word in theory because statistically, drunk driving is on the decline. Like it continues to drop year over year, but there are still upwards of 85, 90,000 incidents of impaired driving mm. every single year. There's still hundreds of deaths. And it, when you consider what's so painful is like you talked about talking to your boys and you do all the right things and she did all the right things right. and still is hurt. I think I can, I can imagine what this family is going through to think that their kid Made a good choice. I'll be the DD. I'll drive you guys around tonight. Everybody have a good time. Yeah. I won't drink. And then drink is what killed her in the end for, via a driver who overimbited. Yeah, yeah. Gut-wrenching doesn't even cover it. Begins to cover it. It's the sort of thing that you just, you know, you go to sleep at night or probably not sleep at night when your kids are out and they're doing things. And like you say, Loren hopefully making all the right decisions. And then you have to worry about the actions of others as so often we do. And I guess my biggest concern and maybe a conversation for later today or throughout the week is, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about the lack of enforcement in our community when it comes to impaired driving. It feels as though it gets ramped up around Christmas time in December. uh, But the numbers of officers out enforcing this, It's my understanding it's not what it ought to be.
It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Congratulations, by the way, to William Carpenter, who is our next qualifier for Parks and Rec, the $5,000 trip for two to Jasper, Alberta. Your next opportunity to qualify will be on Connecting Winnipeg, the Jim Toth Show, and the news on 680 CJOB. Also, we've got tickets to give away for the Western Final. For Saturday's Bomber game, we're asking you about boring gifts. And Maureen Gamel, who, by the way, went to Shania last night, won tickets with us a few months back, as did listener Colin, who sent us a really lovely note, actually. So thank you for that. Glad you guys had fun. But Maureen says, when my son was eight, I asked him what he would like for Christmas, thinking he'd ask for something hockey, Nintendo. But no, he asked for batteries. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's 40 now. We still te- all tease him about that, but apparently he had many battery-operated toys and he needed more batteries. <laughs> so. I, I, the battery purchase at Costco, you buy it and you're like, these are going to last me forever. And then you have kids and you're like, these are going to last me till Saturday. Like, that's how <laughs> terrible it is with batteries. <laughs> so keep those boring gift stories coming for a chance to win. We'll pick a winner for the Western Final at 9.15. And a reminder that we've got Winefest tickets to give away a bit later on this morning. But earlier this week, we read this weather forecast that kind of st- certainly stopped me in my tracks. Not because it was talking about a big dump of snow or whatever that the temperatures were about to plummet. But because it included the term snow grains in the current conditions like if you go to environment canada's website it says current conditions right now at the airport two degrees it's now changed from light rain shower to mostly cloudy as the condition but snow grains never saw that yeah that was new i think for all of us and then yesterday of course as i was driving home after grabbing the kids at school i thought oh this might be a snow grain like or a snow pellet or is this sleet or like freezing rain or drizzle and what is the difference between all of them. So I sent a note to Scott Kaler, President and Chief Scientist at WeatherLogix, and say, Scott, please help us out. So we say good morning to Scott now. How's it going? I'm well. How's everybody there? We're good. Is snow grain new, or are we just using it now? Like, is it just very 2023, or has it been around forever? It's actually been around forever. Oh. Uh, when we're looking at current conditions from the airport, there's a weather observer there, and they have a manual which it lists all sorts of different precipitation types. There's probably lots of other ones that they could enter that you haven't heard of either. They're not that common, so you won't see them very much, but uh, snow grains is, is nothing new, but it's also very inconsequential. So it's probably not something people really have heard of or even really need to worry about. All right. So Haboob is the one that, that makes me laugh because you see those in Arizona. It's not a laughing matter, right? It's it's a windstorm and kicking up all this incredible dust. What's the most unique word that might be on that list that there's a chance we might hear here in Manitoba? Oh, there's so many. Um, one might be growpel. That's uh Sorry now? Little... <laughs> Gropel. G-R-A-U-P-E-L. It's a, it looks like a little hailstone. And it's, it's, again, not very common, but we do see it from time to time. It's often something you'll see from a, a shower in the spring or fall when it's kind of a cooler day. Uh, so that's one. Um, you know, there's so many others. I'll try to maybe think a few more off the top of my head here if you want. Well, yeah, when I hear, I've never heard of that. Uh, Immediately I thought, is this some sort of a side spin of Wordle? Or like, uh, I remember Groupon, you know, the the 
<laughs> Grumble. Maybe it's like the, the, the Scandinavian version of Groupon. But, um, you know, another one that, that we only see from time to time as well is ice crystals. And uh, that sounds kind of cool, but also sort of scary that, like, you know, you're breathing. I'm breathing in ice crystals. So, you know, when what makes a determination for, for something like that? Well, yeah, that's another one that sounds ominous, but very inconsequential as well. You'll probably only see that one in the middle of winter when it's really cold out. Uh, As the temperatures drop, the atmosphere has a very interesting property where liquid water can actually exist all the way down to minus 40 in the atmosphere. Once you hit minus 40, all of the water has to turn to ice. And so when you start to approach those really cold temperatures, you get these ice crystals forming as some of the water uh, turns into crystals, grows crystals. And then if you hit minus 40, you almost always get something called ice fog. That's where all of the waters turn to ice. And so if we do get temperatures like that, you'll probably notice that if you're uh, out and about. So this person, I I, I might notice the difference between a few things, Scott, but this person at the airport who puts in the weather forecast, whether it's snow grains, snow pellets, and ice pellets, how do they tell the difference? They all sound the same to me. And because we hadn't heard snow grains before, what were they potentially noticing Monday to have them say, this is a grain versus a pellet? Or is it more like a synonym? Uh, there's a very slight difference. So a snow grain, it's actually the winter equivalent of drizzle. So if temperatures are warm, uh, you would have these tiny little liquid drops, which we call drizzle. If it's colder, the drizzle becomes a snow grain, which is just a tiny it wouldn't even really look like a snowflake. It would just look like a tiny little, uh, like a piece of a snowflake almost. And that's what a snow grain is. So they have to be very careful when they're making these reports. Sometimes it's challenging to know exactly what to enter. And they're actually able to enter multiple types sometimes. Uh, so there's something called a, a METAR, M-E-T-A-R. That's a aviation weather report. And that's where all this information is stored. Then when you view it on some of these websites that you look at, they kind of uh, decode that for you and try to tell you what was in that report. But sometimes those reports are actually really long and complicated, and you only see a small part of it. Scott Kaler, President and Chief Scientist at WeatherLogics. We always enjoy picking your brain. Thanks for joining us, Scott. You're welcome. It's Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb coming up after Global News at 930 15 years of Third and Bird, the annual Christmas market, is happening next week at Red River Exhibition Place. So we'll be joined by the founder and one of the vendors who will be participating in that market. we got bomber tickets to give away in our next segment. Last chance, tell us about a boring gift for your chance to win. We'll pick that winner in our next segment. But right now, we want to tell you about the unique way that someone has chosen to celebrate in a way, our tree canopy, because we talk about it all the time. And somebody has teamed up for a poetry book called Sightseeing, Writing Nature and Climate Across the Prairies. And that book launches tonight. And the co-author is Ariel Gordon, who joins us live on The Start. Good morning, Ariel. Good morning. Thank you for joining us once again. And, you know, I mean, we, all, we always talk about and celebrate our urban forest, our tree canopy in Winnipeg, and how... Lovely it is, but it's not just there to look pretty, right? Like, it plays an important role in keeping our city healthy, yes? Yeah, um, our urban forest, which is like all the trees on public and private land, really helps to mediate the effects of climate change, right? So 
Um, they provide shade, which means our heating and cooling costs um, are lower. Um, they uh, scrub pollution from the air. Um, they provide, like, and also beyond all of that, they provide, like, this breath of of nature, right? Like, so it's not all concrete and asphalt and, you know, vinyl siding. It's It's something living right outside your door, right? And... I lost my boulevard tree, uh, which was 112 years old this summer. And I have to say it was, it was super sad, not just from an aesthetic point of view, not just from a being in relationship with the world way, but in terms of like living in my little Wolseley house. Ariel, I grew up in the West End and I was down my old street yesterday and based on some of the research and reading I've done over the years about a hundred elm trees in per block was was the norm in the city of Winnipeg, unless you know differently. That's, that's the number I've always sort of gone based on, uh, like I say, a couple different things I've read over the years. I counted the number of trees left on the block I grew up on yesterday and it brought tears to my eyes. There are only 21 trees left and it has completely changed the character, the feel of that street and historic street in our, our city. Yeah. I mean, our urban forest is a construction, right? Like we were a prairie city. So most of the trees that would have been here um, at the time of settlement would have been riverbank trees. Right. So our early governments decided for better or for worse, that Winnipeg should look like Ontario or like England, right. And have all of these trees. Now, I happen to think that was a good choice. I love our urban forest, but a lot of those older trees uh, are sort of aging out, right? And it's hard for trees to to live in a city. Um, They're as affected by climate change, sadly, as we are. So they need extra protection. And I'm really hoping that our city and our province commits to planting more trees, but to also maintaining the trees we have in Winnipeg and Manitoba. So it's really important but um, what's also important is creating a more diverse forest, right? Plant, having trees of all different species and all different ages. So that, for instance, when we have that enormous early snowstorm that we had a couple of years ago, it can't knock down a whole bunch of trees and then all of a sudden a neighborhood or a street is depleted, right? Um, we need to sort of build a more resilient urban forest. And, um, and then do all of the other wonderful things that we try and do in the cities. I know there's a lot of priorities for funding, you know, but our urban forest is such an important part of who we are as Winnipeggers and how we need to move forward, I think. So this book is a combination, a collaboration between you and poet and birder Brenda Schmidt. And someone mm-hmm. out there might be thinking, I can get the tree conversation. I'm not sure I get the poetry part. There's people who have different likes, you know, in terms of how they like to, to read. Yeah. What would you say to them? The person's out there saying, okay, I get the trees. Help me through the poetry part of it. Yeah. I mean, I have always found that the first way that I express myself is through poetry. And a lot of people, when they start writing, when they're teenagers, they start in poetry. It's one of our oldest forms of literature. And it's designed, now that we publish books, uh, poems in books, it's designed to be read and looked at on the page, but then also to be heard, right? And who doesn't remember being read to as children? Who doesn't remember listening to their mother or their father or their grandparents read them stories? So in some ways, 
poetry gets back to that. It's enormously comforting to go to a reading, which is why we do book readings to launch books. But why poetry? Well, I think poetry can condense what we're thinking. It can, it can give us a snapshot of a time and place, but it does it in sensory images, right? Like it tells you what the light looked like uh, through, the, through, the, through the leaves on the tree, what it looked like on the sidewalk, that beautiful dappled light. It tells you what's around you. I don't know. It's just, uh, there's a richness of language. But at the same time, this is a really readable collection, right? This is not, you know, there's lots of poetry that's sort of in the same register as experimental jazz, right? Like you have to be sort of, you have to move into that zone, right? You have to learn that form. But this is not, this is, this is a book for anyone that wants to just engage with the world. And my goal with my poetry and with everything else in my life is to help people notice the natural world around them. Now, we also want to bring in climate change because you can't talk about nature these days without talking about climate change. So that was, I talked about trees and climate change. Brenda talked about birds and climate change. I talked about the city. She talked about the country. So it kind of covers, it covers the whole world in some ways. I mean, Winnipeg, if you consider Winnipeg a world. <laughs> Errol, we got to get out here, but just very quickly, what time's the book launch? 7 p.m. at McNally's. We're launching with Mitchell Taves and Sue Sorensen while hosting us, is hosting us. So thank you so much. Thank you, Ariel Gordon, once again, the co-author of Sightseeing, which you can enjoy this evening. It's Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Bomber tickets up for grabs for Saturday's West Final, the CFL West Final Bombers and Lions at IG Field. And we're asking you this morning about boring gifts, the boring gifts you've received or given, or just the boring things you got excited about. And one of our runners up here is Don DiMartino, who says, Ah, the memories. When I turned 14, my very religious grandparents gave me a copy of The Purpose of Driven Life, which is a very religious book. I stuck it on my shelf and said, Ah, well, not going to read that. Boring. About six months later, my best friend was over, saw the book, and asked me if this was the gift my grandparents gave me that I complained about. So he pulls it off the shelf, and begins flipping through it. He found a $20 bill hidden in the book, and instead of continuing to flip through, I grabbed my book from his hands and shook it furiously, and out fell an additional $80. So we ordered lots of pizza, watched Game 3 of the 1987 Canada Cup, yes. and celebrated Team Canada's victory and Dale Howard Chuck's epic performance. So thanks, Grandma and Grandpa. Best, most boring gift ever. Right ah. on. Did you read the book, though? <laughs> That's what you call pennies from heaven. <laughs> well said. Um, Greg, Paul actually had another best boring gift ever. It was one of our runners-up. Yeah, my wife bought me a shovel for Christmas. You, you mentioned that that was your boring gift that you sort of wanted, right, Brad? Yep. Okay, so it was not a shovel, but a driveway scooper. Unbelievable. We'd moved into our first home, and it, it had a long driveway. On Christmas morning, a poorly wrapped scoop was under the tree. Nothing else. I looked at her and I said, really? When I unwrapped it, she'd filled it with Jets tickets, imported beers, special coffees, all things I love. <laughs> and that scoop made my shoveling so much easier. It was great. I'd drag her daughter around in it, her screaming with joy, memories. Best gift ever, if you can believe it, a shovel. It's funny. That's super cute. 
And it's funny too, the, the, you know, cause my dad got, I don't, I don't know if it was a gift or if he just got it for himself, but he got one of those big scoopers when we were kids and I have fond memories of that stupid shovel playing with mm-hmm. it. And I didn't quite care for using it when I was a kid and he'd say, go shovel the snow, Brett. But, uh. Yeah. Have you tried using one of those now? Like the big ones where you get one heavy load on there and your back is done. Like oh, yeah. Like, I have done one one hundredth of this driveway and it's over for me. He's still got, he still has the scoop. Yeah, but you don't oh. lift it. You don't lift it. I know you're not supposed to. I know that, but you got to flip it or like, mm. and you're pushing it. I don't know. Our winner, though, Loren, is Melanie White. I have waited 35 years for this question. I was getting married, bought my pre-wedding gift for about to be husband. Something wonderful, of course. He gives me this little gift that looked like it would be a beautiful necklace or bracelet. Something one could wear with the wedding dress and romantic, of course. I opened the gift with great excitement and my Mm. whole self just fell. It was a garage door (laughs) opener for a pre-wedding night gift. He bought me a garage door opener unit, but only wrapped the actual remote. OMG, first time ever in my existence that I was unable to mask my disappointment at a gift. Of course, I would love it. Now, Melanie says it was sadly predictive that we were not a match. So we asked Melanie, did you, in fact, the two, did the two of you get married? Mm-hmm. And uh, she says, yeah, mistakenly did make it to the <laughs> altar. Not my finest hour. I didn't have the courage to say no at that point, but not really because of the garage door opener. And I thought, hey, maybe everyone just feels this unsure on the eve of a wedding. Probably not, says Melanie. Too so. bad that remote control didn't open a trap door. <laughs> <laughs> so you can just escape. <laughs> Melanie, congratulations. You're going to the bomber game. When it comes to celebrating all the things about that are great about our city, celebrating local, promoting, shop local. Honestly, GMAC, I don't think there's one person who comes to mind more than our next guest who's been doing it for 15 years and has helped countless businesses get their start. Yes, I couldn't agree with you more, Brett. The annual Third and Bird Christmas Market is coming up next week. It's a gathering of dozens of local vendors, creators, makers, a a word that I learned from our one of our two next guests, and many of these small businesses wouldn't exist without Third and Bird. And its founder is in studio with us. I just call her Kremsky, Shandra <laughs> Kremsky. Good morning. Great to see you. Good morning. Good to see you guys, too. It's been years since we've been face-to-face. And also in studio is Sean Black from Sheepdog Brew. Sean, I'm getting thirsty just uh, meeting you this morning. Yeah, How are thanks you? for having us. Good, good. Good. So, Shandra, let's let's talk, talk about this thing called Third and Bird. Did you ever imagine when you began 15 years ago, and I guess we're going on seven, eight, maybe even nine years of speaking with you about it, did you ever imagine that it would grow and become basically your full-blown livelihood? At the beginning, no, not at all. It was such a humble beginning with just trying to fundraise money for the community and give back to the arts community and um, artists like around the North End and never thought of anything bigger than just trying to make a couple hundred bucks and... (laughs) and be grateful if a couple people showed up and it has now just morphed into this unbelievable event that is um, become traditions for people to get together with their family, friends, girlfriends, you know, partners and make this whole spectacle with shopping and going out for dinner. And it's just, it's so special. And I'm just so honored that I'm sitting here at year 15. And you have so many vendors that you've brought along for this ride that vie to be part of Third and Bird. And and now we want to learn about Sheepdog. Sean, what is the story of Sheepdog? Well, 
Third and Bird was actually our very first market. So me and a buddy, we started up our little side project of roasting coffee and we were having some fun with it. And we applied to a market uh, called Third and Bird. And we're like, there's no way we're going to get in. Like this, this Third and Bird thing's like big and cool and trendy and like awesome. And they accepted us as a vendor. So we got in and um, it honestly was the biggest catalyst for our business that I could have ever imagined. So I remember the first time I was like a real store wanted to carry our stuff on the shelf and it was this little bakery, and it was because they had heard about us at Third and Bird, and I thought we had made it. It was like, this is it. We have, like, a retail <laughs> store. We'll just sell our coffee. This is so cool. And then uh, same thing, like, small beginnings. We, in a little church in Elmwood, they had a commercial kitchen. We started uh, bottling our cold brew coffee beverages one at a time, and uh, through Third and Bird, we just exploded, and it was, like, 100% thanks to Chandra. So if somebody wants to to try Sheepdog, how do they? <clears throat> what do they do? Yeah, well, this summer we just opened up uh, almost three thousand square foot cold brew brewery beside uh, the Hockey Rink Academy on McGilvery. So it looks like a beer brewery, but for coffee. And we've got our own storefront there, and now we're on. Cool. We have over a hundred retailers across the province now that we're we're selling cold brew through in our coffee. So Sh- Sean, I was listening to you, but I was watching Chandra because I could yeah. see where your answer was going. Chandra, how does that feel when you hear Sean? say what he just said about how in, integral that your, your your market was and in, in him now becoming a full-blown storefront. Yeah, it it never gets old hearing something like that. Like it's it touches me deeply because it's like I'm so proud of Sean. Like and when I look at Sean I'm like you poured your blood, sweat and tears into your business. You've grown it. You've d- done all the hard and heavy lifting. And I just feel like, you know, I create a space that hopefully puts a spotlight on makers, but I never think about like, oh yeah, like it's all me and third and bird. I am always like, it's just a platform to like raise them up and show the the greater community of people coming to shop. Be like, these guys are amazing. Check them out, support them. Like, choose them over big corpse. Right. And so it's, it's so nice to hear. It's very humbling, but I mean, these makers such as Sean, like they, they put so much heart into their business and they pour everything they have into it. And, and they're from here. Like, I think there's something about the idea that Winnipeggers, you know, everyone loves a great product and, and they want to support the great product. But then when you get to say, Hey, like this is happening in our backyard, there's an added, I don't know, bonus to that, I think for most. And I, and I, We've talked to you so often, Chandra, about that push for local. Where does it sit now in your mind? I mean, given the success of what Third and Bird has shown, but people obviously want to support local. Is it more than ever before? Like, how do you qualify, quantify what we're seeing out there? Yeah, I think it has definitely grown over the years and continues, especially over the past few years. People have really like hunkered down and realized how important it is to keep our mom and pop shops <clears throat> alive and local shops al- alive. So, um, yeah, I think that that whole movement has really caught on here in Winnipeg and that has been my heart behind Third and Bird is really pushing people to support the small shops. Think twice before you go online and do a Black Friday sale or, you know, walk into a big box store. It's no, choose someone who is local, who is reinvesting that money back into the community. And I think that's a big thing people need to be reminded of is when you are supporting a local business, like I think it's some sort of statistics around like 75 or 80% of that money stays within that province and gets reinvested back into our hockey teams, our curling teams, our baseball teams. These are the stores and the the businesses that are supporting and slapping their logo on your kid's jersey or donating to a social or a fundraiser. And I think we need as consumers to remember that when we're choosing who we're purchasing from and who we're spending our dollars with. 
Our guests are Chandra Kremsky, who is the founder of Third and Bird. The annual Christmas market is happening next weekend at Red River Exhibition Place. And Sean Black is here from Sheepdog Brew. And Sean, you mentioned that this was just like your little side thing that you and your buddy were doing. Is it now your full-blown livelihood? It is, yeah. I'm there way more than 40 hours a week now. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's awesome. Yeah. So when you were able to make that transition from whatever, like what were you doing previously? As a police officer. I still am. I work part-time as a police officer. Downtown. Oh yeah? Yeah. Okay. But the, the coffee was the real, ended up being the real passion. It just, you know, I kind of felt like uh, if it, Sheepdog just kept growing and it, it needed me to be there and nurture it, but it wasn't forced. And if, uh, if I didn't keep giving it the, the watering it needed, it was, I would, I would, would I would have regretted it forever. So it just was time to keep watering it. And you offer free delivery as well? We do, yeah. Free local delivery across the city. Do you do those deliveries? Half the time, yeah. Yeah, depending really? on the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Police car? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brett, uh, you know, Brett's got to be one of your best customers because um, some of my favorite things in my house, <laughs> Brett has bought me for my birthday <laughs> or for Christmas. And I, it's goofy. I, I'm a big softy, but I get emotional thinking about it because. You know, it, it, it brings Brett and I closer together, but it brings us closer to the community as well because Brett knows how much I love Winnipeg and all these things that he that he gifts me uh, enhance my love affair with where I live. And so these products would never, ever exist unless there was a forum for people to present them, a place for them to sell them. And so it's my roundabout way in asking you, in terms of our, our pride in our community, I see so much of that in so many of your makers, so many of your vendors. It's like Winnipeg, Manitoba, it's so prominent. Absolutely. And I think that's the magic about shopping at Third and Bird is finding these makers and seeing like these items that are so unique to Winnipeg, like whether we understand like the true meaning of like a whiteout, right? You know, it's got that double meaning, like the Winnipeg Jets whiteout, but then also literally a whiteout with, you know, our weather, right? And you can do play on stuff with that um, with products or seeing tea towels that have an iconic Winnipeg um, gem that we all love, right? And so that's what I also really love about these markets is it allows these local makers who know the heartbeat of our city to really play onto these very thoughtful products um, that make great gifts for anybody. Sean, I'm just curious before we let you go, when you talk about the growth of your business, mm-hmm. were you just doing this in your kitchen? You know, like, how, how do you suddenly go from being in your kitchen to having? a hundred vendors in a full brewery facility. Like where did the recipe ideas come from and all the rest? Yeah. Well, we kind of saw cold brew coffee as like the next wave of coffee. Mm-hmm. It was in a thing in LA. And now I think the latest stats I read was that it's outpaced hot coffee for consumption in <laughs> over 25 States. Wow. And uh, so it's just like, people are loving it. We're actually doing our biggest production day ever this week. We're going to do almost 30,000 cans uh, tomorrow. So it's just been absolutely incredible. And I think, we started renting commercial kitchen space at uh, different commercial kitchen, usually churches. They always seem to have mm-hmm. like a, a commercial kitchen we could rent. And we had this little like one bottle filler. So we would get there the night before and we would do a 20 hour brew of our coffee that we roasted in our little warehouse in Heading, which is the corner of a warehouse. And uh, so, yeah, our coffee now has got three quarters less acidity than hot coffee, but twice as much caffeine. So I say we're kind of like the, the Red Bull of coffee now. <laughs> and uh, we actually have twice the caffeine of a Red Bull in one can. So I think people are just like, 
If they if you don't if you don't like caffeine, don't buy our stuff. But like if you do, <laughs> then like we're here, we're we're ready. Sheepdog <laughs> brew uh, sheepdogbrewco dot com is the website, and the other website that you need to remember is thirdandbird.com. dot are there tickets left for the Christmas market? There is about 150 tickets left, and we will be at a complete sellout. So we have the last block of Saturday, but Friday and Sunday are already sold out. So if you are looking to knock off your Christmas list and get that all done in one place and support local and feel good about it, come to our website and grab those tickets before they're gone. It's a super fun time. I can't recommend it enough. So, Chandra, always a pleasure. Nice to see you in studio again, not since the before times. Yeah, so happy to see you guys again. Brett's casino, he has to set a spending limit. <laughs> Burned through like $500 in 30 minutes at the market, I think, in 2019. And Sean Black, thanks for coming in, thanks too, for from Sheepdog.